Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. Oh my goodness! Tiger players, coaches, and WHL insiders across the league. Tigers Uncaged. Starts now. Tigers Uncaged. Welcome inside another edition of Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. Hello, Tiger fans. My name is Jesse, the in-game host for your Medicine Hat Tigers, and as always, my co-host. He's the color man for the home games, Mr. Lance Tall. How are you? Hi. Good. It's been been a week. Another episode. A lot of stuff to talk about, actually, about the Tigers. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we have a handful of... A bushel of games to uh, to go over. The Tigers have played four times since the Christmas break, and now, uh, and they're getting set for as of when this drops a three and three with uh, Red Deer in Red Deer on the Friday, Saturday at home to Tri Cities, Sunday at home to Spokane, and we're in the bit of uh, silly season with just a handful of days left before the trade deadline. Well, there was a time on this podcast we talked about maybe one or two deals might happen. Everyone thinks that they're going to be in it in the East. The East is going to be so wide open. Right. To now, all of a sudden, we're like, this could be a crazy Mm -hmm. trade deadline. We've already seen, I guess, two massive deals already Mm -hmm. this week. Wenatchee's done three. Right, but two massive ones. Massive ones that were probably the the worst kept secret. <laughs> Everyone kind of knew it was happening, yeah. where they were going. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know what the return was. That's true. Yeah, the the question was, what's Wenatchee getting for Matt Savoy and Connor Geeky? We find that out um, later on in the podcast. At the very end, for our outro, we'll yeah. call it, we, uh, we'll, we'll go through all the, the two trades, kind of give thoughts, and see where the, the next few days are going to go for different teams and players because like as you mentioned the east has always felt this entire season fairly wide open it really thought that it was like moose jaw and maybe saskatoon were were those top two teams saskatoon has done better than i think a lot of people figured yes um moose jaw maybe underperforming in the first half yeah but that wide open nature kind of along with wenatchee's statement around christmas saying hey we're gonna be making moves and this is why that seemed to have just kicked off this. I don't, it's not a tire fire. It's just no. kind of this, like this parade of potential deals and speculation that it all really started there. It wasn't even the Fraser Minton trade to Saskatoon that kicked it off. Like that was a deal, and then it kind of just floated around. But when Wenatchee released that little five part series or the beginning of whatever that series was. Really seemed to get the wheels turning for a lot it of sure people. Did. I think it's what got the phones dialed. Might have. Yeah, really might have. So uh, we're going to talk about that during the podcast. Gino's going to join us here momentarily. We'll go through the past three home games. We've got three of them to go through against the Broncos, the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. and the Rebels. That's right. So that's coming up on the other side of this. Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. (laughs) 
Contractors choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. Hey, did you know that they are the experts? You need to know. I did know that. Yeah. I did know that. And as always, yeah. we get an opportunity to talk to the mouth of the South hey. from the Tigers, Mr. Gino DePaglia in studio. It's, I haven't seen you guys in this studio since last year. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Glad that's done. No more, please. <laughs> yeah. no I fired more. off like, like six of those like, in like a span of like three minutes. This is what I was closing out. post game the other night. Oh, man. It, it was just never stopped. Dad joke central, and I'm not even a father. I can't wait. A very busy week for the Minnesota Tigers. Uh, it's just after the holidays. It's been nonstop game after game after game. Yeah, what, four games since then? From now? Yeah. I guess there was Red Deer just after Christmas. I, I guess, yeah, that uh, well, you had Red Deer, and then you had the Swift Current and Lethbridge games, and then that wonderful Tuesday Jan second date of a game with, turned into a banger. That was yeah, an was absolute really, banger of a game. Yeah, really good one with uh, Red Deer. Let's start off with the, the, the Swift Current Bronco game. That happened on the, the 29th of December. It, mm-hmm. it seems like that that is a team that just has the Tigers number. It's, it's almost frustrating to watch. I don't know if it's because of the gameplay of, of the Broncos or... Or was it the fact that they just hit a hot goaltender? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I was just saying, might have got goalied there a little no, bit. That but I still, at that same time, I don't think the Tigers, and you mentioned this at wit's end on the broadcast, mm-hmm. that I don't think Matthew Keeper was truly, truly tested in that game. And, yeah, no Mercic, no Lindstrom. Uh, lines are in a blender a little bit. And I think it took some time to figure it out a little bit. So, and Keeper did make a couple. Of nice, he was pretty nice good in stop. that third, third period. period. He had to make a couple, yeah. I would say, tough saves because the Tigers were really trying to tie this game up late in the third. Yeah, I mean, kind of. There was there was pressure. There, there was just pressure. wasn't a lot of a lot of high or not even high danger. I'd say low danger chances because what we counted just a couple pucks towards the net in the final couple minutes of of that game and. You knew that moving forward, it was going to be like a, a piece of conversation internally for them. Just when you have, you know, that ability to be one shot away in this team. Now we've seen a, a handful of times as of recent has been, you know, trying to put the pressure on with the final minutes. Uh, you look back to Oasis Wiseblatt tying up a game at home earlier this season. And then, you know, over the weekend, you had two straight looks at tying it up late. Um, but against Swift, it just... Didn't feel like they could find uh, a lane to put a puck towards the net or even really create a whole lot of, of danger for keeper late in that third. Absolutely. I just you know, you made three mis- you made two mistakes in that game. That was it. You, I, yeah, we kinda know and this is a different topic for you guys on your show. Yeah, there's gonna be some new pieces pot- potentially coming to Swift Current that you know what, it's probably gonna be a lot harder to score on them and they're gonna probably score a little bit more than just kinda looking off of the until they, they lost to Lethbridge. They got Harrison Minigan to look like a little bit in that mm-hmm. one. So there's a lot of elements there with, with with Swift. I obviously will wait till 
Jan 11 to figure out what the hell they're going to be. Because mm-hmm. I still think they got a lot of work to do, too. They, they, they're they pretty reckless in their own zone a little bit with clears. Like, not as good as they were last year, but, man, they just they got our number. They got the Tigers' number for whatever reason. No fault of, you know what, it was Zahara in that, in that one, or was that, was that McCall- that McCallum? McCallum was in that McCallum. McCallum. And okay. McCallum was good. I believe McCallum McCallum's was a been star. great. Out of mm. that game as well, he was great. He was frustrated, and I could tell because the, the, both goalies very, very good. It's just, it's a bummer when you put up that effort and you don't walk away with a point. I well, understand the frustration. Yeah, and I mean this goaltending trio has always you know kind of gone with the mo that if we just make the next stop, this team's gonna get us back into a game. So if we're stuck one, two, or three. It's not a big deal because more often than not, the Tigers have been able to to keep pace with with scoring. And this weekend was just one of the first times, you know, looking back at it now, it was one of the first back-to-back sets of games this year and maybe over the last little while where the Tigers have generated as many chances as they did because they did create a lot of opportunities in both games against Swift and Lethbridge, but just didn't have much to show for it. It's not something that has happened often to the Tigers, and it's just another thing to kind of work through and learn through and as you go into the second half of the schedule, you're going to have more games like that where goals are tougher to come by and that open ice slowly goes away. Teams are playing a little bit more tough and intense. But like you mentioned, you know, it was really just two lapses in the D zone that went on the stick of Y Rostock and ended up in the back of the net. Outside of that, where, where the Broncos usually beat the Tigers is just around the crease and creating chaos yeah. and rebounds and jamming home some ugly goals. They didn't have that against the Tigers, so you got to be pretty happy with that. Well, played. no Matthew Ward there, and even like again, like their top one well, their top forwards, and maybe Connor Geeky's coming. We don't well, know. He's as of this just, broadcast, he's not here yet. He's coming. He's coming. That's like the I don't worst think that rumor cha- out there. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. the worst Everyone rumor. And yeah, it's happening. But, and the Dvorak guys here, so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, don't care. Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> not sold on Jakob Dvorak yet. Well. I don't know what he is. Right, like, right. No one does. Like, good for you. You got a demon. Does it always work out when you bring a hero That's in true. like that at this late Not in the year? The good true. luck. I hope it works for you, Chad Leslie. You're a great man. Love you. I would also be... put that in with Geeky, too. I mean, if yeah. you're going to say that about a demon, you're going to bring in a guy like Connor Geeky. That's awesome. But you now have to adapt with the rest of the team. We've seen yep. it before. You bring in a superstar of that caliber. Sometimes, Sometimes it doesn't it work. Sometimes it doesn't yeah. work. Sometimes it does. Most times it does. No, you're right, though. Sometimes Absolutely. it doesn't. Absolutely. Or it doesn't work as well as you think it's Looks going to. Looks better on paper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I just I know from a Tigers perspective on the thought of getting Connor Geeky into Swift, uh, on the outside, it's not ideal for a team that has historically over the last couple of years beaten the Tigers around yeah. the net front, and they add yes. one of the biggest players that's yes. available. That's not good news for the Tigers. But listen, everyone's going to get better. Um, everyone's looking to make deals around them, and like you said, the games just get tougher regardless. And and so I don't think it's a surprise. But no, yeah. well, no, the Tigers are going to have to figure out how to play against the Broncos. Like you said, I, I believe that game was better than yeah. games already this year against the Broncos. But I don't want to put the horse before the cart or cart, whatever. cart before the horse. Yeah. You but, do want to put the horse before the cart, but. There could be a first-round matchup mm-hmm. of the Broncos and the Tigers. Yeah, it's a very real possibility, isn't it? So, I mean, the games have been good; they've been entertaining. Yeah, really wish we got a couple more dubs out of it. Yeah, but you got to figure out there could be a seven-game series against that team. Well, and you know, 
you can also look back to the last game of the regular season last year where oh. the Tigers had to find a way to come back in that game. God, what a game that was. So it's nothing Down saying, two. Nothing oh. saying they can't do that. No. Um, <clears throat> that would be an electric series. Uh, I think both sides would uh, benefit on a fan perspective. That would that would be great to see the Tigers and Broncos. There'd be a lot of money but made in that series. Are we, are we now under the impression that the Broncos might be our number one rivalry right now. Right There's now always it is. been the, the, the Highway 3 mm-hmm. with the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and I think it's still there. It's still there, for sure. But I would say over the last two years, the Broncos have to be our number one. Yeah. Well, I think it, it kind of goes back to, for some reason, it feels like Swift is closer than Lethbridge, which it, it's not. Right. No. <laughs> it, it actually physically is not, but for some reason, the Swift fans come in droves. They're really driven. I had a nice chat with Rids about this the other day, about Swift Current, and says, you know what, you can't ever... Swift Current's never out of a game yep. if they have their fans in your building because they really get behind their – because that's all they got there. Yeah. That and the Swift Current Legionnaires. Right. That's all they got in they that They got town. a Fireball Friday. They do have Fireball Friday I at the still would, yeah. We could make that happen. That guy tried to fight us on yeah. Fireball Friday. We'll never forget. No. Never forget. Man, but, can you imagine a, a, a you guys going to – for a playoff the series? The Iplex? Or? Well, I'd be hiding up top with you. Yeah. That's where I would There's not like, much room up there no, either. I'll find space. <laughs> um, I, I'll sit on the floor. I'll stand on the ladder. I'll partake in Fireball Friday. You might have to yeah, have yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. but We might all have but to no, have that's a, a good, couple. But no, that's a good point. And part of it's just the amount of big games that they played against each other recently, right? Yeah. And they're kind of running the same similar timelines, it feels like. Um, Lethbridge has kind of been around it for... It feels like every year they're kind of around it, but just... The intensity just seems to be ramped up a little bit against Swift for whatever reason. Yeah, which is uh, which is good. And to your point, though, like to to have Broncos fans drive down to to co-op plays, like that's good. I love that. That is, it, it's awesome to have. It's great. You know, fans travel in a league that you need buy-in in the community. Yes. How often do we talk about it for attendance and? having full buildings and how much better that just makes the atmosphere. Even from my perspective of trying to get the, the crowd into it, the crowd, yeah. sure, I'm there, and they'll, they'll help out. But when they see another team's section, yeah. it's easy. Right? And they're getting a little bit louder. Mm-hmm. All I have to say is, you hear that? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, they're amped a little bit more. So just I welcome more it. more fun. I welcome it. I think it's great. For sure. To have other. And I, I, I would love to see Tiger fans go out into other barns and be yep. loud for them as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for it. a playoff series, if you went to the Iplex, you would be, you know what, in a spot where you could probably have that happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's no going to be half and half, I think, in both buildings. But uh, it was a 3-1 loss. Uh, Hunter St. Martin getting his ninth of the year during that game. We then move on against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Not the outcome we wanted there as well. 4-2 loss. Was that the first time that we saw... Harrison Menigan in net this year. No, that's the second no. time. Second time. So the two games that we beat Lethbridge, mm. he wasn't. In Menigan net. wasn't in there because no. I believe he was injured. That's where we got the seven goals. Brady right. Smith was in net for both of those. So this was the first time in a while that we've seen him. And, and he looked uh, gassed. He looked like he was game. gonna fall really? over and he die. Like, no offense. I, I heard he looked exhausted. Talking to a to a couple people, kind of around both teams, like down in the. In the basement dwellings, we'll call it, of co-op place. In the dungeon? That that Menigan was under the weather that entire weekend, wasn't feeling great, and was gutting it out against the Tigers that night. And I just I couldn't help but you, you saw it physically, Gino. In that one media timeout. The one break where he skates from in front of the Zamboni entrance, it would have been in the second period, and back to his team's bench. I was like, this guy looks bagged. 
and he he found a way to dial it in when he needed to. Like the he Tigers, got better. The Tigers peppered him all night. All night they peppered him. At what? Except for the third. The third they fell off. At one point, at what point, sorry, do we put Harrison Menigan in the conversation for Western Hockey League MVP? If the Lethbridge Hurricanes make the playoffs, right. which with that guy, they have as be- have good of a chance as anybody in the bottom four seeds in the in the Eastern Conference. Mm. He gets them there on their will with just how their team's kind of built right now. How is he not in the conversation for MVP? Assuming that he stays in Lethbridge. If he stay, yeah, like I don't because know. who the heck knows? But like I'm sure there's a lot of teams calling about him right now to Lethbridge. I still remember his Black Pats men again last <laughs> yeah. year, right? Like I, that's yeah. not the same kid we saw. <laughs> no, hey, oh, he's 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 come a long way in a short amount of time. Previous episodes we've talked about Menigan stealing games. I think we saw it firsthand oh, in yeah. this one. Oh, yeah. he stole that there one. There's also a lot of people wondering why he never made. Wasn't it Team Canada? We had that same conversation. Why he wasn't on the I list for that? I heard Getting he was invite. ill Getting during that, and there was an injury. Right, but also his. The GM of Team Canada is the GM of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. So right. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Maybe had a bit of an inside there might, track. As Peter Anhold might have there. said, you know what? No. I don't know. But, but I want to save him for uh, the Hurricanes. Maybe. I'm not going to no. say that, but yeah. yeah. If he was hurt or something, then that explains yeah. it. Because sure. I mean, You're not going to overdo it, right? From a performance want... perspective, he definitely deserved a spot to at least go to Oakville for camp. For sure. But to go to your point with the, the shots in the third, yeah. second period they had 18 shots. Mm-hmm. That third was the period, period to do it. Yeah, third period for the Tigers, they had four. Yeah, you you, you saw a team that had 11-7 and seven and a team that had a full complement of, of lines up front because really the Tigers on that Saturday night were running three forward lines and mixing in Calhoun and Nate Corbet intermittently throughout the, the game. They weren't getting regular shifts. It was – three lines that were rolling and now you're yeah. on the final period of three games in four days. It's a lot. And you just you you could see the pace drop off and it kind of played into Lethbridge's hands. I think Lethbridge played about as good of a rogue game as you can ask. You, mm-hmm. you good rope a dope. Like they need Menigan to to play like that more often than not to give them a chance and he does. But they also slow the game down through the early portion and they kept it close. And, yeah. and that's really, I, I think, on the road for Lethbridge, for them to be successful, they need to keep it close and then try and find a bit of a separator late in games, and that's what they were able to do against the Tigers. 100%. Like That that was a really good game. Like That structure, they didn't vie away from the structure, yeah. Lethbridge doing their thing. I that was their first, I believe that was their first game without Chase Pauls or second game without Chase Pauls after, one of the when, first. When, after he got traded to Prince George. They looked fine. I'm yeah, curious. I mean, really, they have like, an open twenty-year-old spot right now. I'm curious if that gets filled at the it, deadline. You would think, right? If there's somebody. something, ava- if there's something available, yeah. I had had some rumblings of maybe they're going to add somebody that's not in the league right now, right? That might Looking be elsewhere. available. That might be available, and it's. I don't think it's Beckett Lanco. Well, uh, hey, if, <laughs> I'm just saying, you never know if never that know. Menigan deal gets pulled. Then you if they make... find a, if a partner for Harrison Menigan, they yep. get a boatload back. Who's to say Beck yeah. Lanco exactly. doesn't continue Ooh, the Central yeah. Division tour? He's Who got knows? WHL experience. Yeah, Who that's knows? Right. And, uh, I, I, he yeah, knows. It, w- it was a weird game. I mean, Tyler McKenzie scored about halfway through the first period. He got his 14th. Yep. Uh, it was one nothing after one. Then it was all Tigers in the second. It was one of those periods where the Tigers were just hammering shots, hammering shots. One chance that Lethbridge gets, they score on it. Literally. That was 45 seconds into the second period. Yeah. That was like their best chance the whole period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
makes it 1-1. Then we go to the third. Lethbridge scores uh, two in the first ten minutes of the third. Mm-hmm. Brett Calhoun then scores what I think it was around the halfway left. part. Yeah. Uh, 9.45, I think. Then I thought, here we go. This is the comeback, kids. This is what we're used to. Here we go. But they just couldn't muster up another chance mm-hmm. in the last five minutes that we're used to seeing from the Medicine Hat Tigers. Just ran out of that gas again. Well, I Which... think the urgency ran down too, right? It wasn't yep. – I don't know if they – well, this isn't our night sort of thing, but I think with the extra attacker, that didn't go per- – Perfectly <laughs> well, and Lethbridge took the air out of the building, right? Because oh. oh, yeah. I mean, up yeah. until that Calhoun goal, it was Nothing. it was crickets yeah. in co-op place. They yeah. just they did a really good job, like you know, talk about Joe Arnson and Logan McCutcheon and Noah Chadwick and how good they were. Those three defensemen <sighs> eating a lot of minutes in that I mean, game. A lot of that Noah Chadwick, holy! Damn. I mean, I noticed a lot of Will Sharp in that game as well. He was he was handling pressure pretty well. Like that entire defense core. Kind of just put fires out all night to the point that in the third the the atmosphere got sucked out of the room mm-hmm. with yeah. uh, a couple goals from Lethbridge. So that that being said, though, to your point, with nine minutes to go in the third, still feels like the Tigers are right there, yeah. like still there, and and they played well enough, I'd argue, to win that game too. Yeah. You're down by a shot again, yeah. right? How, where, how many times have we read this and watched this movie before? Yeah. And I don't know that the the team themselves would say either one of those games against Swift or Lethbridge was their A game, right? No. Like if you ask them, they maybe give themselves a C, C plus rating on on those games. And so to have let's call it a C game and be one shot away in both in games that realistically you could have won as many of those games as you as you lost both of them you could have won both just yep. as easily can you imagine your record if you win both of those that's pretty yeah. good well yeah that would be nice too holy but it all kind of bears out and i yeah. i was saying to you after the final game against Lethbridge on that weekend i said i guess it all kind of evens out because you could argue that they might have stole one in Red Deer a couple nights earlier where they were getting outshot like 2-1 to one all night. Stole one in Swift Current. <laughs> right. Yeah, you could say that too. And then now you give up a couple um, over the weekend. It all kind of equals itself out in, in levels. So there's a, a lot to like offensive generation-wise. You just yeah. couldn't find, find enough goals to kind of put those games away. Do you think the the holiday break had anything to do with it? Maybe they're a little slow getting their, their groove back? It, it, to me, it didn't seem like a long break. I think they got, what, 11 days? 11-ish <laughs> you days? you call it 11 days, you're, yeah. You're with travel and then travel, you have it's like eight. Yeah. Like it's not. But I wondered if it was them getting back in the swing of things. I think everybody would have got back in the swing of things if the ice time that the everybody's used to getting was there. But when you didn't have Lindstrom and Mercic, that kind of accelerated. Oh, wait, I have to be ready a little more on yeah, it than I probably could have been. Like right. You didn't have that extra sort of like leeway. In a sense, I don't mean like you take a couple shifts off or anything like that, but but get back up to speed. You, you had to get up to speed faster than you probably would have had to if your roster was full. That's right. At that point. Yep. And again, there, no excuse. There's no excuse no, on this no, team. No, no. So, but I also that, look at it too. Like when you hit the Christmas, though, it's kind of like that reset, right? And you have to to get back going again. And different teams find different strides at different times, right? Like, I mean, you look at the start of every season and some teams will rip off nine in a row and then go lose six straight because the rest of the league catches up. Right. And it's kind of the same deal when you come after Christmas and, well, different teams are going to get going at different paces. And I think, you know, the Tigers could have just as easily won both of those games over the weekend as they lost them. So 
Lethbridge needed the break to go in. Tigers shouldn't have had the break. Kind of yeah, yeah if you ask the right? team, they probably yep. would have been happy to keep rolling through. No, like keep playing to the 24th of December. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Get a couple more uh, So the Tigers lose that one 4-2 to Lethbridge Hurricanes. Brett Calhoun getting his second of the year, and literally after that game the next day. Yep, the next morning. The next morning, uh, a trade was announced where Brett Calhoun and a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick in 2025 off to Kelowna for Marcus Pacheco. That is correct. That's right. And we uh, get you to, nailed the name. I nailed the last yeah, name. Good job. Hey, look at this. And it was announced that we were going to see Pacheco in the next game when uh, Red Deer came to town. Right. That also Red happened. Red Deer came back. Yeah. And I can't wait till we get to sit down and talk to to uh, Willie about this. But the mindset of trading for a guy like Pacheco and mm. then saying, "Hey, welcome to Medicine Hat. By the way, Tuesday night you're going to be in the starting lineup. <laughs> we need you." <laughs> Yeah, there's no well. They the trade happened um, was official at 11 a.m. on New Year's Eve day, right? So I'm I'm at home and I get the phone call when the big guy phones. I have to stop what I'm doing. Of course, like, literally, like I could be running a chainsaw and I'd have to like Gino, Gino, we just made well, a trade. We made a trade. Got deals for you. Got, well, just Gino, how you doing? I'm like good. I was like, this is important. So then, the rest yeah, of the right. Contact I won't uh, go into, and I had to fire up stuff and. Hockey tech, load him in the roster, fire everything up. I said, is he going to play on the sag? He's like, yep, he'll be here. I was like, okay. Very so, good. So him and Brett Calhoun pretty much drove all day on New Year's Eve day. Mm-hmm. They probably celebrated New Year's on the road in their cars or trucks, whatever yeah. they drive. And then we're at Co-op Place and Prospero Place on New Year's Day. It's sad to see a kid like Calhoun leave. Yeah, one of the greatest uh, first first games in Tigers <laughs> history for think Brett it, Calhoun. I think it is. Minus maybe McKenna's four assists. Well, night. one of the most memorable. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, about one of greatest. my favorite. Well, I say one, one of, of our favorites. Yes, for sure, for sure. Knocking, knocking. Um, was it? It wasn't Lind, was it? Who did he knock? Out? I thought it was someone on Red Deer. It was a good. Pl- it was Red Deer, and it, it was, was a good on player. the Tigers blue line, right in front of the bench, threw that big hit in the cage. Ran into the other dude's face. Yeah. Kissed him with the cage. Yeah, and then he, he got, got five. kicked out. <laughs> five kicked out and he didn't really do much. It was the cage. Yeah, the yeah, cage, the cage do... face contact wasn't exactly yeah. ideal. But no, Calhoun. Was it Groob or was it Lind? I thought it was Lind, but I, I think it's I Lind too. Could be misremembering. It was amazing. It was <laughs> it was a nice debut. And so, yeah, now he goes a little bit closer to home. He's from Oliver. So he goes, what, a couple hours, I guess, from yeah. Oliver ish. He was a Cam- he's a Kamloops kid. Playing for the arch nemesis in the club. Right. And Rockets. so then the Tigers go and get Pacheco. And Willie had said, you know, this is a guy that they were interested in drafting when his year came up in the prospects draft, but Kelowna beat him to it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's my, like, looking at the periphery, and I don't, I haven't had a whole lot of conversation surrounding Pacheco yet. I'm sure, like you mentioned, Jesse will kind of get more of it with other people as year goes on. But Marcus Pacheco hadn't been in the lineup in Kelowna for the last couple of games before he got dealt, and it just felt like a, a change of pace was needed mm-hmm. for a guy that has speed. Uh, that he's got a great shot when when he's, he's got, able to he's get his shot really going, shot. it looks good. I think you saw a little bit of of rust out of Pacheco in his first game yep. against Red Deer. Just a guy that had to get his game legs under a yeah. little bit. Um, Probably a little bit of nerves in there too, right? Yeah, it's a new there's nerves. Team. You've been here for a day, learning a new system, new team. Yeah, all and of all of a sudden right? you're starting like it, nothing. Like just hey, you're you're going, you're going. I like that they start the new guys. Though. Same, I do. They too. always do that. I like that. I Get them out. That. Let everyone see them, and yep. uh, and say hi to them. But I I I think that 
there's a, a hope that when he gets his legs under him and is comfortable with the system that he brings that pace element that, you know, is, is missing without Bain being here. I, I think that's the main thing. You're, you're still looking for that speed piece that we don't, that we lost with Bain. What I, I did like from seeing from him uh, in that first game though, Gino was he was in every board battle. Yeah. I mean, the, got rocked was, a couple times. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't afraid to to go get in the corners, right? Like similar to what Tigers fans have come to expect from St. Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Pacheco was in on every battle in the corners. He was trying to dig pucks out and go into the like tougher areas. Who's one of Marcus Pacheco's good friends? Might Hunter be Hunter. Saint, Hunter St. Martin. <laughs> He's a really teammates at OHA Edmonton, and they they both hail from the city that I have to talk about once uh, in a while. Yeah, so. this, what, do they still I, call it the city of champions? Yeah, they haven't won much since like 1990. Oh, well, so, no, were those no. two on a line on Tuesday night? I no, didn't. no, they weren't. No, it was uh, Wise, Wise Black right? McKenna, St. Martin, still. Yeah, I don't know how that all works out when you know everyone gets healthy. When you have a full complement of, of yeah. players back in the lineup, that probably that's got. I, I know we haven't bit. talked about Red Deer yet. Right, we can get there, but can I? Can we give a little Nate Corbet love on this show yeah. today? Yeah. How good I'm was in. he the last three days? Man. The last three games. He stepped up big time. God, I loved that's, it. That's evidenced in 50 seconds left against Red Deer in this most recent game a couple of nights ago um, when the Tigers won in overtime. 50 seconds left, and who gets rolled over the boards but Nate Corbett? Unbelievable. And part of that, like, I, I mean, we had an extended amount of time without a whistle. There was a lot of long shifts. But you also, like, in the back of my head, I was looking – Every time Corbet was on the ice in that game, he made a positive impact. Oh. We talk about guys in the bottom six having to go out and win your shift. Nate Corbet was winning his shift every single time he was on the ice. He was causing problems, and it was great to see him get out. He's a defenseman. He's left. playing for like yeah. When you, I think you and I just randomly looked over at the bench while the game was happening in the corner, yeah. we, and we both saw it too. And I think there was like that that point one of a second, and we just kind of looked at each <laughs> other like. This he's is coming. awesome. This is awesome. Like he's either going to get a five-minute boarding bet penalty when he comes off the bench, or he's going to jar the puck loose and maybe score. And I think that almost happened. No, can I? He could be, and I don't know what the team's plans are moving forward. <laughs> they have we've we've mentioned on the podcast many a time the amount of forward depth this team does have. There's a coming. lot. There's a lot of players. There could that be a lot more. In the wings. Yeah, there could is be there, a lot more. Is there not? a world that having Nate Corbet play the wing makes sense. Is this a Pasha Batrov thing happening again? Is it? I don't know. I, I, I think with the <laughs> amount of, like with the amount of, of forwards that this team has and is bringing through, I mean, the rocks were in the building over the past weekend. Um, still listed here. Player Schaefer Gordon Carroll is in town. Like there's guys that are around right now and that are going to be coming. So I don't know that it's necessarily going to happen. But when you see how effective Nate Corbet is at pressuring the puck carrier, because as a defenseman, he gets it. He knows what it's like to have to turn around and deal with pressure and moving the puck. So he's on top of guys. But he creates chaos in the O-zone. Now, do we have to maybe work on some of the finer things like, you know. That's what the, an offseason is for. Handle, yeah, all yeah. the skills stuff. Yeah. The skills things that you, you see and you really like from Basha or McKenna. Like, you're not going to just pick that up overnight. But if you work on that over the offseason and, and say there's a world that Nate Corbet brings energy on the bottom six and can have some skill to his game, I mean, that's an effective player. It sounds strange to say, but I know he's the seventh D or the, the 13th forward. You can't take him out of the lineup when, when you're fresh, when yeah. everybody's back. 
he provides can't a do lot. It. No, uh-uh. No, you can't do it. Nuh-uh. I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. You probably have you to, but you can. Yeah, you, but you, you can. S- but he provided just so much energy, and he wins his shifts, man. Like, say what you will. We were saying the same thing about Brett Calhoun. When when Calhoun was here, he oh. would win his shifts. And Nate Corbet was so impactful in limited ice time against Red Deer. Like, hats off to him, man. That was unbelievable shift. That, that was a great game. Uh, uh, since we're doing shout-outs, before we actually get into the game, I would also love to give a shout-out to Caden McCann, who not only had <laughs> okay. <an laughs> epic... I wasn't expecting that one on the yeah. today. fight. Yeah, he did. He actually, drops that was the pretty gloves. Good. He gets the guy all leaky, yeah. right? Gets the game, he's out. Um, as we're watching the overtime, mm-hmm. I'm waiting because I'm getting ready for three stars. Here he is, icing his one knuckle. <laughs> his knuckle looked pretty gnarly <laughs> after just nailing a couple guys. Has the ice on his hand. He goes, you're Jesse, right? I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm Caden, by the way. Introduces him. Oh, he's yeah. one of the nicest. He's still a child. One of the Such nicest nice children kid. you'll ever meet. Such I was a like, nice this kid. guy just Holy punched man. the hell out of somebody. He and he wants to come up, introduce himself to me while we're watching his team trying to win this game in overtime. Yeah. I respect that. And I thought that was really cool. The only tip I would give is is just don't drop the mitts right on the face off. Yeah, because then you're getting the, the kicked out of the game. Fight. It's a stage three fight. second rule, guys. Yeah, so that's it's like why the, got like the food well, on the floor, thing, like the five second him. rule. Yeah, so for those who don't know, McCann and I forget who he Sob. fought. Sob, Sob, thank you. Yeah. They they both got tossed because a stage fight ensued where right when the pucks dropped, you can't go and start a scrap. You're not allowed to. It's called staged. You get a game misconduct. Um, mm. Trying to take fighting out of the game that way. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to take fighting out of the game. Yeah, let it play for a little bit. The veteran guys, like the 20s, if they want to go, what they'll do is let the puck go down. They'll back off. They'll find a soft spot. They'll get to where the puck is in in the area of. Yeah. And then it it goes. Right? Interesting. There's a method behind some of that madness. Um, And the only reason why I say that is because in a game like you had on Tuesday when Hodis got tossed in the second period for five in the game, like, you're already down players. So not to be down anymore. And you sense. had two forwards out already to begin with. You, yeah. yeah, you were working. It was. Your presence is valuable. The well was getting pretty low there. Lots of give a shout-out for you. No, it was, like, I'm not taking anything away from it. It was a great scrap. And I think we saw Caden Lindstrom, Zach Sahara, all on their them. feet. Like, the Rock Twins were on their feet. I don't know if it was unexpected or what it was, but they were loving it. Well, the last three games, I mean, that's the loudest the co-op place has been after a fight. Josh Van Mulligan got into a fight. Oasis gets into a fight. Crowd goes nuts. McCann gets into a fight. Crowd goes nuts. Co-op place loves when they just duke it out. I mean, my mother loves goals and fights. (laughs) My my fiancé... Would if she sees us fight at a hockey game, great night. Oh, it was yeah. a great <laughs> night. It was a great night. I was like, yeah. I kind of said to her, like, you know, I can't fight in real life, so that like, so you have That's to deal with it. This is, uh, we'll never be out on the town where I'm gonna just take the one ring off and deck somebody. That's it's right. not gonna happen. Listen, there's because I'm gonna to, lose. There's an element to, to hockey lose, and having that. Like it. No, the crowd could like it. Yeah, yeah you never know. Well, you do have that it. rumble to remember in February. There you go. Uh, let's get into this <laughs> game because th- this was um, this was a really good game for the Tigers. Once it was done and the Tigers scored in overtime, they win it three two. You could sense a sigh of relief oh. as they came through the tunnel. I believe it. Like I, I believe that this team really wanted. This wasn't just a Tuesday night for them. Yeah. This was a must win. I think in their eyes to finally get that first W of twenty twenty four. Really. Yeah. Well, and I, I look back at it 
And this is from my me doing 100 rounds of game notes, and I look at stupid things because that's my job. Uh, they'd never lost more than two in a row all season. I was like, man, this could be the one that you drop three and then it could snowball. Right. And we, I remember talking to Lance, and I think I was talking to you too about it. Maybe it was Kyle Owen. I can't remember. Um, if you had swept the week with Lethbridge and Swift, you would have been 13 points clear in the division. Mm-hmm. You can really kind of go about your business in a certain way if you do that. Right. Didn't happen. And you were six points separating from Red Deer into that game. So you go seven with the OT win, and you keep Swift Kern at bay. So they're eight points. So technically, you have a game in hand on now because they lost to Lethbridge as we're recording this on the Wednesday. Yep. So you have the opportunity against Red Deer. Again, it's in Red Deer's head now that they can't beat you. You've got a Swift Kern thing going right now. That's Utilize true. that and be ready for that game on Friday against, uh, against Red Deer. But back to the game itself, they're never out of it. I thought no. at times maybe, oh, man, like this could just be another – and might see a goaltending clinic for a third <gasps> night. Chase Witzke. Who's good? That might be one of the best performances I've seen this year. Yeah, he was really good. He looks Unbelievable. Good. And, and I think he's going to get drafted this year. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's reason If he to doesn't, that. he's going to a camp and signing. I would say yeah. there's uh, – I mean, kudos to, to Ethan McCallum for Unbelievable going shot for shot with Witzke in a game like that because, I mean, in overtime it can go either way. Both teams are trading chances as well. and it, It's – I can only imagine what it feels like as a goaltender when you look down the other end of the ice and you see that guy's putting on a bit of a show. And so now there's a bit of added pressure that you got to, you know, step up and make your stops. Cause let's not forget it was what 15 minutes in to the start of the game. McCallum finally registered his first shot. Yeah. Now he was busy. Yeah. He was moving, playing the pocket. He had gave, to cover. gave up a goal on a bit of a big rebound. Yep. To, and you're like, Oh boy. Oh boy. Like he wasn't, but he didn't officially register a shot against until about five, six minutes left in the yep. first period. So he had to kind of stay engaged and, and then find his way into the game. I, I thought he was real good too, but yeah, that's a big one, right? That's huge. For for the team's mentality, and, and I think there's a big point to that too, Gino, where you said Red Deer now maybe feels how the Tigers feel against Swift. Right. When, when Red Deer sees the Tigers show up on the calendar, it's like, okay, we've got to find a way to push through and – I mean, the Tigers did a good job of of not letting guys like Kai Uchaz beat them. Uh, well, he beat them in one. Uchaz beat the Tigers in only one aspect of the game, and that was faceoffs. Right, God, he was untouchable faceoffs. The but whole team was really good at faceoffs. It was to the Tigers' point, though. Like you, you once again kind of lost a lot of draws, but you found a way to work through it. That's true. Yeah, I, I, it's it's rather impressive to give up the faceoff advantage as bad as they did again against Red Deer, and and have the success that they had. Faceoffs were 42-19 to 19 in favor of the Red Deer. Well, and the game before that was 44-16. That's so not good. That's, that's 25%. Not it, it's, it's not ideal, but to find a way to, to work through it, I thought that was uh, a job well done by the Tigers. Really, that was a great that's playoff a great game. game. It was. The officiating, one. you know, everybody can complain about Bogdan's his boarding penalty and the assist. The, he's not getting suspended. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, the penalty and being kicked out of the game. That was a well ref game. They mm. let him play. They let him play. I did and like that. Yeah, the the Tigers get that power play in overtime. But you know, well, uh, for was it Formac or Dranchak that got the penalty there for hooking? 
Late long shift, three on three. You reached on McKenna, and yeah. you're going to get called for that. That, yeah. that was easy to call Especially just because it takes away a scoring opportunity. Yeah. That's and, the biggest thing. And the legend of Oasis Weisblatt continues, continues to grow. Man. Something to that, huh? That dude has been clutch. Two goals that game, by the way. He gets his uh, 12th and 13th. And an assist. He had 3.9. Yep. So he scores to make it 2-1. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hope this sticks. <laughs> I really hope this sticks. Just because now he's been known as like the, the game-winner guy, yeah. right? So yeah. then it goes into overtime. As we're doing the three stars, it gets text to me who number one is. And as soon as Oasis scores that, that game-winner, I wasn't even waiting for that text. I was like, that has to change. Yeah. Like, Oasis has to be number one. A, it's a game winner. The dude has a three-point night. Has to be. Comes around the corner. I said, there he is. Done it again, you son of a bitch. And he just smirked. Oh, wow. <laughs> you so, actually called him that. Wow. I, he was so, like, this smirk. He was so He's got the pumped. Oasis smirk on uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that. Like, it's just this whole team wanted it. And he knows what, what he's doing this year. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's been labeled as the clutch guy. Well, yeah, he's kind of earned that spot. Yeah, of course. You know what? Ed, maybe Lindstrom's your MVP, but your unsung hero is seven. 100%. He's the guy. I don't know where the Tigers' record is without him. I don't. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, yeah, yeah Lindstrom's away, what, got 27 wins, goals. Think, and McKenna's himself at, and Bash has done his thing, all worthy and deserving of high accolades. But what would this team's record be without Oasis Weisblatt in the lineup? Well, yeah, and just the way that the team looks and feels and plays, right? Just he He's the Tigers' identity in a lot of different ways. And um, I love watching that kid play. Yeah, he's, he's, he's my favorite. He's been he's been fun to watch. It was, it was actually funny. Ed. Over, I think it was the Christmas break, a uh, friend of mine wanted to go disc golfing. So he invited me to go with his family to go disc golfing. It's basically you throw a frisbee. At, oh, it's at, Frolf. Yeah, Frolf. Frolf. <laughs> I've played frisbee golf. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It was the first time I played. You need to have a cooler of a beverage in there. I did not you? have one. No, but uh, that usually makes it a little more fun. Well, one of the one of the people that we were frolfing with or disc golfing with said, "Well, who's your favorite player to watch in the Tigers right now?" And I thought about it for a second, and I said, "You know, honestly, it's been Oasis." And just that he's every shift kind of provided something, whether it's a penalty, which hasn't been all that much lately, but he still has like fifty some pims. So on his best behavior, uh, but he's throwing a hit. He's maybe drawing a hit, drawing a penalty, shooting the puck. He, he's just he's always around at every shift. He he's driving play whenever he's on the ice, and that he beat the wheels off of Owen Pickering. Said there's a lot to like. Yeah, he did do that. <laughs> he did he, do that. He got that crowd riled he up. He did do that. There's this. To, to your point, there's a lot of players having great seasons for this team, and that's only going to continue as we work into the second half of the year. But, yeah, Oasis has been just on a different level when it comes to showing up in those big moments. It's hard to register outside of game winners, and well, yes. if, you, if that's the only route you want to take, over half of his goals are game-winning goals. So It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, just to go back to that Swift current game, uh, the goaltender for Swift was? Matthew Keeper. Yeah, that was Matthew Keeper. On a heater. Like, this dude's stopping everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't remember what period it is, but uh, Oasis comes on the ice, <laughs> and he just skates a little circle around Keeper. Like, just <laughs> staring Shark at him. circling the oh, water. Oh, yeah. yeah, just staring at him. Just like, what the hell is up with you? 
Like, like just trying to get in his head. Now, I and know then the Tigers score a goal. Oh, that's funny. I'm telling you, the little stuff like that that Oasis is doing yeah. is helping the team. I, it's 100% crazy. is. You, gotta, yeah. he, you guys work for a country station. Does he not have like the – this will be up to you guys. I have an assignment for both of you. Okay. Some kind of a Western name for because with Oasis and Wise Brooks Tie, yeah. some sort of like there's got to be some sort of the legend of something Wiseblatt or something. Like. I mean, he'll go down as the legendary on this team. He's he'll yeah. be like the Rassels. He's working his way about. into into that moment, right? And I, I think for really any team, any player, like some of the most beloved are either unbelievable phenoms that go on to the next level and do incredible things, or those players are made in the playoffs. Yes. And that's where you start to have those guys that are near and dear to a, a community's heart. Um, teams got to get into the playoffs to to yeah, and, and make a run to really have those players develop. But uh, I could see why there's a lot of people who love what Oasis has been doing. And, uh, yeah, three-point night seems fitting for – in a game that was tough to find space, like the neutral zone wasn't easy to come by. No one really had a, a, a ton game. of speed to, to generate. Um, felt like one of the one of those games that the Tigers, you know, you could put up there as the top five or ten game of the year for them. It's on my Rushmore. Like it's in the top four. I think it was just it just gets you ready for what's coming next. Yeah, those well, are yeah. the ones you got to. What's win. coming that's down? That's coming game in game right fifty-five and. Uh, you know, game sixty four. You're get those are those are those kind of games. And yeah, the refing the way it went uh, was very well ref game. Uh, not much. There's no quarter out there. No, that, I think we forget in that game. Killed off a five minute major. By the way, oh, gave up big. two shots. That was huge. one shot. Yeah, turned the whole game around. Is huge. Yeah, that was big. That got the crowd into it too. And yeah, Tigers depth. I mean, you got give a shout out to Josh Major, the assistant coach who runs that penalty kill and. Has them bought in, and and they know the assignments. They get yeah. it because you're also losing your second pair of defensemen on the penalty kill. Yep, like you, Hodis would have been out there in any other situation on the second rotation, right uh, after Parsons and Krebs. So, um, to to kind of bear down for that five minutes, not allow really any high danger. They chances. didn't even get set up. No, and yeah, not really a lot of chances. That's uh, that's a job well done. That was huge. So yeah, yeah top to bottom, a, a game like you said, you know that you need to win to yep. get that playoff vibe in you. Wasn't a bad like those that came out on. Yeah, it was a Tuesday game, but it was twenty three hundred. That's not bad. For a Tuesday, I'll take that for a bad. Tuesday. Listen, I'll take I, that for I, a Tuesday. I can't fault Tiger fans. We had a busy past weekend. We have a busy, busy upcoming weekend. weekend. Yeah. People got to have lives too. So I understand if you're not making the weekday games. Yep. That's Saturday what Saturday and uh, the Sunday afternoon. I hope are going to be electric. I hope so. I hope so. Did you have any more thoughts? Just on this game, I wanted yeah. to give a shout out to the Tigers. The fact that they didn't really have size against a Red Deer team. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the D line of the, the Red Deer Rebels. Boy, they are big boy. That Fabrizi kid is like seven foot eight. <laughs> yes. Like the dude looks like Kane or the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, he does right? look like Kane. The dude's huge well, on skates. That's the that's the Brent Sutter recipe. But they Six were foot able, three, two hundred. Yeah. Come on down. He's but they were able fella. to use the body. They were able to just kind of still get find their way through. Yeah. I mean, that could have been a game that went sideways because those D guy could have just thrown our guys around. Yeah. Just right. tossed them around. It's just. Could be to, a tough night. To looking at their blue line compared to our forwards, I was like, our our speed is overmatching their size. Yeah, it, it did. It really did yeah. that night. So, You're right. Kudos to them. Uh, that was a great game. Good that was call. a lot of fun. That was one of the most fun broadcasts I've had. Uh, sometimes I'm not as dialed at times. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I know we've we had about a good conversation about this, but that was a fun one. Like that was fun when the dramatics are there. I set up the tripod real fast on yep. that power play, and yeah, saw, that's right. we saw Lance's mullet for the first time. For those that never don't know what yeah, Lance shout out to friend of the podcast Andrew Peer, dude, That's just cool. like my mullet, like the oh. mullet. A lot of people watch. Thanks, Andrew. Well, because like of inflation, mullets are also business in the back and not just party. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Due to inflation, business on both <laughs> sides now. Yeah. That's um, right. We I could hear Tiger fans yelling at us if we don't ask you the question of the injury bug and how everything is shaping okay. up. I know everyone kept saying Evan May's not playing because he's on trading block. Evan May, Evan May was injured, and the and even the WHL saying he's he's cleared from the injury. Yeah. They don't have to rush him into a game. This is my thoughts. Right. You have three goaltenders. That's right. And with we don't know exactly what the injury was. I don't believe it was There was an injury. Told to us. But they don't have to be like, You're ready to go, you're in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. They can ease him into this. I wouldn't he's well he backed up um Tuesday. Okay. He backed up Tuesday. I we're going back to the rotation. And you're, I would assume we're you're starting you're starting Friday. Exactly. Yeah, he'll be in this so week. People are I freaking guess. out. I and I don't know that, but I assume he's starting Friday. Yeah, if we're going rotation-wise. The, the key word is assume starting Friday. He's right. been on the ice for, it'll be about a week. He was on um, the ice this morning so, taking shots. There. So, so getting your conditioning. People, just relax. Now. Three goaltenders. And Ev was quite joyous. I talked to him a couple times in the gonna, hallway over the he's weekend. He's always got a smile. Yeah, that's right. I talked to Lindstrom on Tuesday. I asked him how he was doing. He said everything was looking good. That's good. I believe Tomas Mercik will be back Friday. Okay. That'd be nice. back, Mercik. I've heard that. I don't know about Caden Lindstrom yet. Okay. He was wearing a yellow jersey this week. Non-contact. Non-contact, for those that don't know. Um, that doesn't really mean anything. Just, you know, he's probably going to be... I don't know if he plays this weekend. He might. Yeah. I don't know if they rush that either. Because you, you won a game. Rush. Right, you don't have if to you, rush. And here's the thing, and I always joked about this. This was kind of going back to my days of a different league that I worked in. Um uh, Dylan Holloway got injured right at the end of the year, and so did another good player that buggered up his hand. Uh, but they were so far ahead, everybody. They didn't start him in the first round of the playoffs. They said the coach told me, he says, those three aren't touching the ice service until we lose a game. Right. They kept winning games. They swept that first round, and, like, and they got an extra 12 days off, yeah. and it worked out perfectly. So if you win against Red Deer on Friday – do you see Caden Lindstrom on Saturday? Maybe not. You know what? Let's just let's just take a minute. We got another. If you get those two points on a divisional opponent, all right, let's go again. Yeah, yeah. And there's also another. there's something to that. I mean, I don't know how much it would. You want to play, of course. I don't know how much it would weigh into the Tigers' decision making, but I mean, the CHL NHL top prospects games a couple weeks away. That's as what well. I thought too. You want to make sure. I would imagine that whoever you're sending is as good as could be mm-hmm. to get there. Uh, but to your point, you really don't need to. Need to rush no. Kane Lindstrom back. Like the team is, you would like him back for the finishing aspect, obviously, because I think if nothing else, over the last handful of games, you've seen that um, he does a lot for finishing plays. Yes, and especially on the power there's play. There's something it, to be said if, for if that. If there was anything to have him back on the power play, yep. would definitely help. Like McKenna's been a very good quarterback, but it just shows how much. Lindstrom brings to that as, like you say, a finisher. Yeah, right? it, say it forces it forces penalty killers. To, they have to cheat off and they do. and and think about it. Right? Say Martin's done a nice job jumping in there, um, kind of on that goal line spot around the net and and playing that role. Even just though getting 
Mercic back would be nice. Yeah, Mercic was on a heater right before the holidays. Yeah, we were talking earlier about not wanting to take time off. If there was a guy that wanted that to just Mercic. keep playing, it was Tomas Mercic. Yeah. But um, getting him back into the power play would be good because then you have the option to keep St. Martin or Smith there. It just makes your second unit deeper. Um, and obviously the skill that Mercic has, if he can pick up where he left off at the end of 2023, that would be uh, nice as well. So. It'll, it'll be good to get one of them back, but here's hoping. Here's hoping. Hey, it's another busy weekend. Uh, you get to go to Red Deer on Friday. I enjoy going to Red Deer. Yeah. Good ice cream. No good Gord Bamford cream. sightings, though, hey? No Gord, but the, the the damn stairs are there with no elevator, so that's a bit of a hike. Oh, but that's a hike. I did my leg day yesterday, so I'm ready. That's You're good. ready to go. I'm that's ready good. to go up the there. To, um, so the, I, I love calling games in Red Deer. Now, we won't, we won't talk um, again until after the trade deadline. So I'm not going to ask for you know specific players' thoughts or ideas, but uh, just a general excitement around the, the deadline, just uh, from a league perspective. An intrigue. Yeah. The word intrigue comes up in my Because it feels dictionary. like it could be really busy. Or nothing. Or we've had those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, everything's going to happen, and then nothing happens. Well, I mean, honestly, the early conversations we had about trade deadline, we didn't think anything was going to happen. Just because everyone kind of thought they were in it. Yeah, and then Wenatchee went and dropped their little five-piece... I love that documentary. No, document. I think, like, on that angle, it's great for us because we know what's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it necessarily fetches you the best deal in return. I don't know what how that goes. Well, I guess we'll find out when the deal's going to I mean, you're showing your cards. Announced. Lance, Lance has brought, uh, brought this up to me when we were talking off-air, and he's right. You're showing your cards. You should have done this after the deadline and said, here's the well, six-point part. Oh, yeah. Of what we did, I think, and then yeah, even yeah, part yeah. six could have came out after the deadline if there's wild, angry fans, yeah. and they're like, this is what we did. Explain Listen, why you did we it. We have a good team, and we could make a run this year, but you're going to be very frustrated for the next six. Yeah, the transparency. We're not going to have a team. <laughs> yeah, right? The transparency is fun for us who speculate on trades and for fans of the team to get an inside scoop on where things are going. Um I just wondered if that was the best thing for them to get the most value back for their players. We'll see what the deals come back as for presumably uh, Connor Geeky and Matt Savoy, and who knows if anyone else moves out of Wenatchee potentially. Yeah. Um, well, and there, here's one name that I haven't brought up out of Wenatchee. It's Daniel Hauser. Daniel Hauser, yeah. He's I, around there. That's a piece. Does somebody need a goalie? Does somebody need Sword's a, it, still there too. Graham Sward, do you need – does some does somebody's goaltender go down? Down. Doesn't Portland need a goalie? Like, isn't Portland, I mean, Portland like just signed Merrick Schlenker? Yeah, from Saha. It's from the Saha. Shout yeah, out I'm to South Alberta Hockey Academy. Yeah, Saha. Good I'm on you, Brandon. Their roster right now with Schlenker. Now they have five goaltenders. Yeah. They got a lot. So maybe Mike Johnson is going to pick up the phone. Indicate rookies over there. You might pick <laughs> Mike Johnson. Yeah, that would. Mike Johnson might be picking up the phone. Yeah, because Hauser could be kicking the, around. Prince George has their goalies. With Ravensburger and Young, uh, you know what? Kelowna's got kicking in and somebody, Pilon. Like, I'm curious in the West if there's a move in the East. Like, it looks like Saskatoon's got Elliott and Gardner. PA's kind of in a weird spot. They signed a guy, got rid of Chase Coward. They right. let, him, let him go. Like, Moose Jaw, the uh, upgrade, Dimitri Fort 10 on the, for a backup with. Jackson Unger, who's an 05, do you bring in an insurance policy? Doesn't that seem like the the team that is say or it looks like, hey, another goaltender here might not be the worst idea? And I, it's not I, know, I, a slight to to Unger or four ten. It's just if there's guys out there, yeah, and it's your year. 
feels like this is this is it. If they're presumably in on Matt Savoy, and uh, when we do the extra on this podcast, and after this segment, when we do the we next one, kind of we should kind of we should have an idea on Savoy and Geeky. Quick, at check least. your phones, everybody. Yeah, check I have been happen. throughout this whole thing. We've had nothing. Nothing yet. yet. So we're thinking in the next couple hours of recording this that something will happen. So stick around. Next segment, we'll give Jesse and I will give our thoughts, and we'll get Geno's next week. But if that's the case with with Musha, now I don't know. I would imagine their pick situation would then be depleted more so after the Savoy presumed trade. But is Nate Danielson getting floating around still from Brandon? Mm-hmm. Is Tanner Howe being talked about from Regina? Does Samuel Hanzek get dealt in Vancouver? Like there are a lot of different pieces. Seattle. I mean, they moved. Keep Grayson, forgetting about Seattle. Seattle yeah. moved Grayson Souchin. So to Edmonton. So are they are are they up for moving guys as well? Like. Looks like, yeah. Is is Hansel as an overager there? Is, I think Hansel's he, the other one that just maybe that's like somebody. Let's just slide you over. To and what Gustafson is that his name? That's there. Yeah, as well? Jordan so Gustafson. Gustafson could be on uh, on somebody's, you know, maybe trade list. Uh, Scott Ratzlaff in Seattle. Like oh, yeah. there are a lot of guys. That's interesting. Yeah, it's now become from what we thought would be quiet to intriguing. Because intrigues the word. Intrigues. I, I mean, there's only a handful of teams now. It feels like on either conference that. Are really making it known that they want to get well, out. Saskatoon right? was Sue's the Lev, right? Yeah, that's, Saskatoon. That's huge. Yeah, Regina just blew it all up. Whenever the Swift deal comes, well, they through, had to. They had to. Whenever that Swift trade happens with Geeky, I mean, they're basically saying they're there. Moose job. You know what? Be even funnier. The Does that add to the Tigers? Then here, here's the thing, because Gino, you don't know anything. As I know, and I don't want to know. Does I want to like? He does. He's not an insider for the team. He doesn't know anything. Do you he believe? I don't mean that as a rude thing. I just <laughs> No, I don't want to be an insider because then people keep, keep phoning you and annoying yeah, true. you. true. But do you believe that the Tigers will do anything next week? Mm. I'm going to say no. Yeah, that was going to stand pat. It's kind of my gut, too. I don't this team to do is rarely done trades. They're draft and develop. Now, <laughs> that could change. That could change. Like, if something, if, 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 the big guy is given an offer he can't refuse. Yep. You got to talk about it and inquire about sure. it. Sure. But I don't think so. It's not. <sighs> I think all the pieces are there. You wondered what they were going to do yeah. without BAME and mm-hmm. trying to get a little they bit of speed. They got a BAME. I believe they got the speed. Yep. I also think that once playoffs hit and you can add to that roster a little bit more, there's a lot of young guns that we could use if necessary. Right. The Ruck Twins are a phone call away if they're out. That's right. The and, only yeah. thing is the goaltending situation. Maybe one goes. I don't think so. I think because we're going to have three. If there's an injury, it's not going to hurt us because then we still got a one-two. And two the three's punch. been working. Three's been working. There's going to be three do. goalies in the team picture. That yeah. is my prediction. I yeah. would, and I, you know what? I would like that for them. I don't same. know if they would like that for themselves. I guess we'll never know. But no. I think they're all so key in what this team is this season that. It would be fitting to have all three of them here past yeah. the deadline. Yeah, um, they made it here this far. I, I would say add on defense, but now with the Kachkowski signing, I think that they've nope. got. You've got eight. Yeah, you got you got. <laughs> you got it enough. now. So the I question for me, you're moving a guy out if you're making a trade. I don't I'll think leave that's it. Gonna happen. I'll leave it on this, and we can speculate further down the road. But at, at least on my thought, where's the window that this team really wants to go? Is it more invested into next year? with the residual of a potential second year the year after? 
or is the window that they're really targeting two years from now? Because if the window's next year, you can reasonably go out and look for a 2005-born player, <laughs> like a Tanner Howe, for example, let's say, in Regina. There's because if you're, you're going to have half of him this year and then all of next season, presumably, that he doesn't get Zach Benson and stay with his NHL team when he gets drafted. I don't think that'll happen. But if the window's two years from now and that's really the year you want to go, then making a big deal for part of this year and next maybe doesn't make as much sense. You know what True. I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. Like that maybe doesn't align because it don't get me wrong. The Tigers in, in my mind, I think a lot of people's minds are going to be competitive and have the potential for two runs next year and the year after. Yep. That's what it's shaping up to be. But you kind of on an asset perspective need to pick one of the two because mm-hmm. you might not get Caden Lindstrom back next year. There's, There's a, a possibility. possibility. You, yeah. <laughs> I mean, t- to that end, you, all over again. To, to that end, you might not get Andrew Basher back next year. Yep. I think that one's a little bit more likely. It hasn't been rumored as much, but you never know. Yeah. If they sign sign or sign a certain player, you might have a chance at three runs here, and I won't name names. Right. So. Right. So you you have that Guy potential that's in town right now. Uh huh. But we already talked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we mentioned him earlier. He's American. Yeah. SGC. Yeah. And so. There, there is that potential, right? But uh, so I don't know I th- where I the think thought that is. The, if it's me on the team, the eggs are in the basket for two years, but I yeah. think you start next year. Let's and make it, it and, it, and if I'm at yeah, that head right. of the table, yeah. I'm trying to get the Memorial Cup in this city because I have a certain someone whose draft year yeah. would be that same year. That McKenna kid. I think you might want to head down to city council and maybe go knock on the big guy. <laughs> yeah. I've tried. I, I've changed a lot of things here. I don't know if I'll be able to change that. <laughs> yeah. we, we, just we, kicks we down, I love you to just kick down the door in an yeah, office. Sometimes people listen to us, but it fun. just makes sense that 2026 would be the year of the Tigers. The only thing I'll say, because I've gone back and forth with this, I, I was actually talking to a friend about it last night, and that's why it's kind of top of my mind. Next year, you have a lot of 2005 born players that are 19. Mm-hmm. It's a good year to go. You, you, I guess. Okay, well, then the start would be next year. Right. But if you're going to commit, it really kind of has to be the one that you're really going. Like, the next year you might be able to to piece it together, Like, but you, you really only know next year your 05s are deep, up front especially. Mm-hmm. You have the depth up front in 2005 borns. Andrew Basha. Hunter St. Martin, Shane you're Smith. The stat guy, is there any way we can make all three work? I don't know. Can we just make this next and then I mean, the there's, trifecta? There is a way. Absolutely. I, I'm just not smart enough to figure it out. I haven't got that sorted. Three letters, SGC. Yeah, well, and and, and that's going to help, Gino. But I there, there there needs to be a real thought, and I don't think there's a, a ton of conversation surrounding it yet about what year this team's going to go. And that really intrigues me because – Well, maybe we'll find out come deadline day. Because you want to project – for two years down the road, right? We yeah. want to project Hayden Harsani is going to be at this level. Yeah, he is. And Matt Peranich, Jack Kachkowski, they're going to be here. Yeah. But you just don't Riley know. Riley Steen, Corey Buzkaya, if oh, they're ready. Oh, Bombs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be really good. I Yeah, it's going to be fun. Next yeah. year, though, it, it feels like next year is going to be, like, in my mind, you know what you got, right? Mm-hmm. Media's at noon. I got to go, guys. Okay, good luck. Okay, get out of there. Because so, I just want to finish off with one more. Because if you're... Bye, Gino. Yeah, bye, Gino. Thanks, Gino. We appreciate you, Gino. Hey, Gino. Gino. Winds reply what experts need to know. By the way, he left 43 minutes before noon. Yeah. I like that. He's prepared. It's But it's not noon for those listening. It's... it's Oh, I was just... I was singing your praises. You're leaving 43 minutes before noon. You're getting prepared. I like that. Yeah, boy. Yeah, he's a 
All right, good, okay, good luck. See you later. Um, with that, I mean, you look at where you are in the standings right now. Yeah. Right? And, and you got the fan base now slowly getting behind this team. Mm-hmm. Are you doing a disservice by not doing anything or, you know, standing like back? Year? Yeah. But standing back and saying, no, we want to wait till next year, but you're seeing all these other teams around you stock up. And let's say lose in the first round of the playoffs. I don't want to, but let's say. Sure, yeah. Do you now go back and be like, man, if you would have maybe done a little bit more at the deadline. Yeah. I. And it's not to say that I don't think, like, owing something to the fans is important. I think it's just as important to deliver to the people that come and support your product. Yeah. But you still need to have that long-term goal in mind, right? And, like, when when 11-game or 11-win season was happening, there was a plan in place that was going to be executed. Now you're going to have little deviations here sure. and there. But I don't know that given how the success of this first half of the year is gone, you don't want to change course too much, right? Right, right. And I, I actually think there's part of it, too, where maybe not doing a lot of moving and, and adjusting – is in a sense kind of a tip of the cap to the guys that are in the room that it, yeah. were here oh, yeah. during the 11 win. Yep. Cuz I, I mean from from McKenzie to Oasis to to Josh Van Mulligan, Rep Parsons, like there's a lot of pieces obviously you can go up and down the lineup and see a lot of guys that have gone through this process together. Yep. And so keeping them all together. Keeping the court, no, I, I 100% agree. You could go in and get your your big name guys. That's just, awesome. It could work. It might not. But, yeah. I mean, you're sitting there with the room that has been there since the beginning, and they're yeah. still playing this well. And they've bought in together, right? They've gone through the steps I together. Agree. No, I agree. If Pacheco is the only thing that happens, I, don't I, think it's the worst. I wouldn't be mad at that no, at all. No, I wouldn't think that's the worst thing either. No. This and is still a scary team when everyone's healthy. Yeah. This is still a scary team. And, heaven forbid, but if something does happen, mm-hmm. come playoff time, you're going to have the Twins up there. Yeah, you could have other guys, maybe guys that haven't signed yet that could sign, but there the depth will be there. So that's I don't right. think you need to add to it. I really don't. Yeah, that's why I just on well, to that end too. Just the, the thought about like, is there a target to go more one one year one or the year next? The like, y- you can go both, right? And, and teams have done it. It's just how often now you look around and you see like teams really invest in that one year. Mm-hmm. Um, they maybe also don't have the fortunes that the Tigers have with the as Gino mentioned before he left, the amount of depth that's coming, whether it's, you know, the 2007-born team players with McKenna and Harsani and McCann, um, you have the, the 2008s with the Rock Twins, if they're able to sign Schaefer, Gordon, Carroll, and bring in another wave of players. Yeah. Like, you, you a lot of teams don't have that, that fortune. Um, so the Tigers can theor- theoretically make it work. Uh, but I just... Someone floated me the idea, if you get someone now before the deadline, knowing that they're going to come back for next year as well, why wouldn't you make that opportunity to also then give yourself a little bit more juice now? Yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting thought, isn't well, it? Well, we'll find out. We're going to come on the other side of this, uh, hopefully with some trades that have happened. Ideally. Ideally today <laughs> that we can talk about tomorrow and do the outro. Yeah, and then and then it gets recorded and released on the Friday. On the Friday. So, but hey, this, we Today's Thursday for us, okay? Yeah. And this has been, this is one a really, we've been over an hour. This was long. This was a really good conversation that we got to have. I, I liked it, but 
I guess it doesn't matter what we think. Well, we listen anyway. But I hope you're <laughs> listening as well. Uh, shout out to Windsor Ply with the hey, experts you need to know. And thank you to Gino. We, Thanks to Gino. Who, first time ever that we've kept him too long yeah, that he, he actually had to, had to go do work. A lot going on second half of the season. Mm-hmm. More Tigers Uncaged on the way. Jesse and Lance are unleashing the beast. Maybe keep that beast on a leash. More Tigers Uncaged coming up. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Contractors choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5, Monday to Friday, and 9 to one Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. They're the experts that you need to know. Well, now it is official. The Mm -hmm. trades that were talked about finally happened this week. The Wenatchee Wild traded Matthew Savoy, here's the first one we'll talk about, Okay. to the Moose Jaw Warriors for a 2024 third-round and sixth-round pick. Okay. A 24 or 25 first-round pick, a 2025 eighth-round pick, a 2026 second-round pick, and a 2027 first and fourth-round pick. Seven picks in all for Matthew Savoy. That's, uh, that's quite the deal. Now, this and the Connor Geeky trade, obviously they're, they're going to draw a lot of assets back, and they did for Wenatchee. I, I, I'll put this out here now, and we can kind of use it as, as a way to compare both this trade and the, uh, the other deal for Geeky. But last year, Zach Ostopchuk got traded to the Winnipeg Ice, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what was included in that deal. Skylar Bruce, forward, overage this year. Connor Dale, Hudson Landmark, Owen Breeze. So they trade two 2007-born players, an 05 forward in Connor Dale, an 03 in Skylar Bruce. Three first-round picks and a fifth in this coming prospects draft. What's crazy to me is that kind of feels like a bigger price than Matt Savoy. Yeah. Like it feels like they got less for Savoy than what they paid for a stop chuck. Now the the and I really do think a lot of it is because last year the prices got so out of control. I mean they were crazy. I I which was the trade that started that off? Is that the Prince Albert one? Yeah, was it Nolan Allen his deal? That one was crazy. And then Kamloops pretty much gave up the entire farm. Yeah, to Everett for for Zellweger. Yeah, they made a big move. Like there was splashes all over the place. Um. But we haven't really had that tone-setting deal to, to really come through yet this year. I think, you know, the only one that you can cross-reference is Fraser Minton. And Savoy's deal compared to Minton, I'd say, checks out. Makes sense. But it's just, it's, it's funny to me to, to look back really a year to the day last year when Winnipeg traded for Ostopchuk and how much, it, I feel like when you move three consecutive years of first-round picks, that's that's a big statement that you're putting into one player right so yeah. um i mean whether or not you think that's more i'll let you decide but uh but yeah seven picks in total good for moose jaw that they don't have to lose a roster player 
Yeah. They they keep all their, their players intact. They now technically, with Jagger Furcus being called over, you could say have four Canadian World Junior players on their roster, along with Jaeger and Matejchuk. So technically I mean, four. On paper, if this works, yeah. Moose Jaw should be one of the scariest teams in the East. Yeah, and I think Savoy fits Moose Jaw well. Like, I think if, if you offered... Savoy or Geeky to Musha, I think Savoy is the right player for the Warriors. Adds that depth down the middle. Can kind of elevate anyone he plays with. Just feels like a Warrior in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, and, and not having to move any guys off of the roster now really helps for a team that is probably still looking to add, I would think. Because, I mean, you, in last segment with Gino, we kind of speculated on, do they need another goaltender perhaps? To help out Jackson Unger. Yeah. Because uh, I do think there's an element of uh, you want to find another goalie. You have Jackson Unger is, I believe, an 05 born goalie, so he's 18. Finding an 04, maybe talking with uh, with Lethbridge on a guy like Menigan or going back to Wenatchee for, for Hauser later on after you kind of call around. Uh, I wonder if, if Hauser's name was like. mentioned in that. Because, I mean, you did give up a lot for one, so it's like, hey – maybe throw in the, the goaltender. I would imagine it was, right? But we haven't... Like, goalies rarely get moved. You're right. Not very often it happens. Doesn't doesn't happen all that often, and especially top-end guys. As I said, seven draft picks were coming. It does say a 24 or 25, so really I think they gave up six. I don't know what the or is about. Yeah, it's just one of those conditional deals, I'm sure. And so six, I guess, picks in general. Well, it, no, it'll be seven. It's a 2024 first, yeah, it is seven, a 2027 okay, first. Yeah. You're right. Um, but the 2024 picks. could be a 2025, and more often than not, a lot of these times the conditions are on our end, usually speculated. If that comes out, then and, and or if it has and we missed it, that's yeah, whatever. They're getting a first round pick. That's really what it boils down to. Um, but yeah, that was a big deal. And then I think a lot of people outside of the Western Hockey League, if they were just looking at it from a bird's eye view, were saying, "What the heck is Swift Current doing?" <laughs> but it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, again, player to fit the team would be Connor Geeky. Connor Geeky fits in Swift with how they play. I mean, Sam Ward isn't he having a decent year? Or well, Josh Fluker is is probably the the biggest piece out of name out of that. Fluker, Sam Ward, and Maddox McHaggerty. To me, Josh Fluker, a player that has high hopes uh, with the Broncos. He was someone that was highly coveted. They expected a lot out of him. Uh, it's not lost on me that he was the player that was involved in the interaction with, or altercation rather, with Devin Pratt, mm-hmm. and now both are gone, seemingly. So, um, yeah, those three players, Fluker, Ward, McHaggerty, and then uh, first-round picks in 2025 and 2026, also a second round in 2025, and a seventh in 27 given up by uh, the Broncos to go get Connor Geeky, who... I mean, we've seen Swift play, and how often have you had to hear me, Jesse, ramble on about how Swift plays when they just want to get in front of the net and they want to play heavy and bang in rebounds and be tough to move away from the crease. And Well, you're getting one of the biggest guys you could have got with a lot of skill in Connor Geeky. He fits the mold. And this is also a team that added uh, Dvorak. Yep, Jakob Dvorak. there's uh, a lot of people on uh, saying that he's going to help that blue line as well. Doesn't hurt it by any means. Well, I mean, it, it, it hurt. justifies the blow of getting rid of Ward or Fluker right. now that you're bringing in Dvorak 
that's going to help that blue line. So really, yeah. you got you, you've helped the blue the blue line, and now you've added a big time forward. Swift Current could be interesting, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're quite evidently saying this is the year that we need to go. And he got good goaltending. I, I suppose, yeah. They once Reed Dick is ready to go. When Reed Dick is 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 healthy and on, he can be a difference maker for sure. You just, I, I guess, you you need to hope if you're a Broncos fan or if you're part of that organization, you need to hope that he's able to get that to that spot yeah. in time for playoffs. But just kind of the way that the the Broncos are built, I mean, they can still be, you know, solid for the next little while and. The, they'll be graduating out a, a handful of players with Tyson LaVenture, Caleb Rostock, and Ryan McCleary. But, I mean, they, they can't really be thinking that Owen Pickering's coming back to them next year. Uh, so there's a lot to move for this season. Why this season? I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I guess maybe if Reed Dick, they don't think he's coming back next year, and you start to lose a lot of your big pieces. But I was I was a little surprised that they would sell that much off to really go for it this year. They sold two players and got pretty much a whole forward class back. Wenatchee did, yeah. Wenatchee got 14 pieces back out of that. Yep, yep. That is insane. Well, not insane, I mean, they, I mean, they brought back their guys, their, their picks that they had traded away to make a goal of it last year, right? So they end up basically even on the entire thing over the last couple of seasons. But there's a lot of Wenatchee fans that are sitting there going, what are you doing? I mean, you're sitting in, in first, second place right now. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And it's because if you look at what the future holds for this team, they had nothing. it's not good. Yeah, they had. They just had no picks. They have no picks. The, the, the reason they had the team they have right now is because they gave all the picks away. Yeah. So if you're Wenatchee and you want to go after it for your first season, which not to say that you still can't, Still got a very good team without those two players. It's going to be tough sledding now. It'll be tough. Yeah, it'll be tough. tough. sledding now. But. And there could be more to come. You might not win this year, but if you don't trade these guys, you're going to stink for the next five. And that Wenatchee squad, that that fan base, is going to get frustrated over that team. This is them saying, hey, we want to be in the WHL. This Mm -hmm. is the price that we had to pay. So that we could be in the WHL and give you a good product for the next five. Yeah, years. that was a statement that GM Bliss Littler kind of put out there to that point, right? Of the the price that you pay to do business, and they knew what they were getting when they brought the team into Wenatchee. Like it wasn't a, a surprise, and at the lack of picks that they had available to them, I'm sure GM Bliss Littler would be hoping that. Zach Benson were to somehow come back similar to what Dylan Gunther wow. had last I mean, year in Seattle. There still could be, I think, maybe another trade down the road. Yeah, I mean, they have Graham Sward there that could move. Uh, you mentioned Daniel Hauser. There there are players in Wenatchee that could still be moved. Bradley Wood's having himself statistically a good season. I'm sure someone's going to be calling around for a player like him as well, another big body. So, I mean, there's there's guys that could still be shipped out, but... Now I guess the the big question for a lot of people is what's next? What comes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't seen or heard of a lot from all these insiders that have popped up out of nowhere. It's well, like, no, there's a couple of insiders that are saying, oh, there's still some more trades coming down the pipe, yeah, which I'm, I say I have no idea where where it's going to come no, from. No, my, th- my question is where all these insiders come from. Oh. It's like everyone and their dog now with a Twitter account is an insider in the Western Hockey uh, League. How do we like. become insiders? I don't, I don't want to know that. the inside I don't scoop. want that. I don't want it. Oh. No, I, I don't don't need that in my life. I'll just I'll read it from, from Kelowna or Kamloops' John Keen. 
John's John Keen seems to be the guy. Been on it, is doing a great job. It's my most reliable source. So uh, yeah, shout out John Keen. Yeah, shout out John Keen. He's the one Twitter account that I'm actually paying dialed into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, he's I mean, also a guy who told Forbesy he thinks there could be anywhere from like 12 to 14 more trades down the pipe. Right, and I think there's potential for that. Well, Everett has how many picks right now? Everett can make a move. I mean, the rumor last week was that Nate Danielson could be going somewhere to one of the U.S. division teams. That has cooled off. We haven't really heard anything surrounding Nate Danielson. I mean, I heard Red Deer because he's from that area. Sure. Someone said the Tigers. I don't know if that's even true. Well, that's because we have had Noah Danielson at one point, his older brother. I mean, the family loved it here. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think it would be great. I just don't see the Tigers going to mortgage a bunch of potential futures to I don't think the Tigers do anything. Yeah, I not sure. I mean, the only reason why I say I'm not sure is because I didn't expect Edmonton to go trade for Grayson Souchin from Seattle. That was really surprising. That one was a head scratcher, yeah. I would say it's very unlikely that a trade to the magnitude of Savoy or Geeky were to happen for the Tigers this year. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz maybe as good as the start of the year has been, is it not fair to say maybe this team's still a little ahead of schedule from what we anticipated? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like the top end of the Tigers, the the point leaders, Basha, Weisblatt, Lindstrom, they've all taken pretty big steps further yeah. than I think a lot of people expected. The goaltending, I think, has gone over a lot better than people expected. Like this team is delivering and, and is taking bigger strides than a lot of us maybe anticipated, but you don't want to lose sight of your of your long-term plan because you're a little ahead of schedule. You still want to stay on that path for the target window that you set for yourself. And you still have the guys in the room, honestly, that I, I think can get the job done. I do too. It sounds homerish, and I know it's kind of crazy to say when you see Saskatoon bringing in players and Moose Jaws getting better and Swift has now made themselves into the conversation and they say they have more deals they want to get done. I get it, and you kind of look at it, and there's a little bit of this feeling, I would imagine, from fans, where it's like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, how like, often— We're in it. We're in it. We're, we're, we're in top of the central. What are we going to do right? to maintain that? Like, how often—we see this in baseball a lot, and especially in the AL East, where the Yankees, Red Sox, and, Do- or, and uh, Blue Jays all play. How often, when one team makes a move, do the other two fan bases look and say, well, what are we going to do? Yeah, we got to do match something. That. It's kind of similar, isn't it, in the Western League, where yes. you see the guy, the teams around you that are making moves, and you say, well, what are we going to do? I, I genuinely think that this team, they have an asset in three goaltenders. And when you get into the playoffs, you can cycle all three. You can run a hot hand. They're going to have options, but they're going to have the ability to really steal some games in the, in the playoff. Mm-hmm. They have the top end barring health, to to score and keep up with teams. That's been proven this season. They've been able to outscore a lot of teams. Like the, It feels like they really do have a lot of the pieces that they need already in the room. The only thing I would say is that I think we needed some speed with Brent, with Bain being out. Yeah. We still needed that, that speed. I believe they got it with Pacheco. We've only we'll, seen we'll one see. game. But, if he gets up to speed. But that's what I think they were going for. They're yeah. looking for speed. They're looking for that. I think that they're pretty much good. I, I maybe on the blue the blue line for next year, but I think that's an off season problem. And also, doesn't it a little bit when you're you're right with the 
blue line for for next year, right? Because you're going to lose half of your defensemen this season. So, but I don't think that's an issue you deal with now because if you are going to make it to the second season, you want those 20-year-old defensive guys mm-hmm. that are going to be the leaders in the locker room and help you yeah, down you need that them stretch. Around. Need them to be around for sure. So I think it's an off-season deal. And it really does feel like for all three of them, Hodas, Krebs, and Parsons, who have gone through the thick and thin with this team, it feels like they're... I shouldn't say that anyone's owed anything, but I think they've earned they deserve the spot to, see to how be this here and out. see it out for the yeah, 20-year-old season, I, right? I 100% agree. Um, and then you deal with it in the offseason because it is going to be a problem, yep. or a, not a problem, but a hole that they're going to need to find a way to, to fill out. Um, but even guys like, like Nate Corbet, I mean, we were talking about him last segment. He's He's played his way into a pretty important role with this team where – Say you get to the playoffs and he's the 13th forward, 7th, uh, 8th defenseman, but he draws in the lineup, say something happens, you know you can still count on him to bring energy and in a playoff atmosphere yep. he's going to provide uh, a lot of good things. Like I, I just Up and down the lineup, the, the team really doesn't feel like in my mind the need to, to make that splash. I will say, because I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this very thing, about making a trade now to address things down the road. And it kind of goes back to what I was kind of going on a full-on what whatever you call it about um, a diatribe. Uh, I was just going on and on in my wow. soapbox. I know. About, like, is it next year or the year after for this team? Like, wh- which one is it? Yeah. And it can be both. It can be. But it feels like if it's going to be, like, next year, the argument that a friend of mine was making was, why don't you go and find a 2005-born player now bring him in to help this year, knowing that he'll be back next season. Like, knowing that you'll still have him for next year, you can still build for next year while adding things right now. Right. So that's the argument, right? And it's mm-hmm. a fair point. It, it's a fair point. I just don't know. I guess my, my thing, too, I don't know what the price is, is or price will be on these I, guys. That's the thing. You, we've seen the price on Geeky and Savoy. What's the price going to be on an 05? But doesn't... Like Tanner Howe, does he not feel like a player the Tigers could go and, and target? I agree. I think he'd be a huge fit. He he kind of plays the way that the Tigers play. He's a driver. He can produce. Like he's he's showing this season he's still able to put up points without Connor Bedard because yep. that was the big question. Yeah, uh, He's still producing, and, maybe with, with less offense around him than they thought. I mean, he played with a guy like Bedard. Yeah, he knows and can help a guy like McKenna. He can play with skill players because that is a point. That's a really good point too. Not everyone can do it. No, it's not, not easy. Yeah, it's like Chris Kunitz made his career off of playing with Sidney Crosby. Oh, yeah, for a reason. Yep. Zach Hyman was brought in and is plays alongside Connor McDavid for a reason. For a reason. You like, have to have your Luigi. Yeah, you do need if the you're Luigi. Mario. You need your Luigi. And listen, now could be that guy. I just. It's worrisome what the asking price could be because you don't want to give up too much with a team that already looks good for the next four or five years. I guess my the question would be: Is it going to change any next year? Aren't the prices still going to be wildly, wildly large? The I, only I, thing is, maybe you're able to get someone or set the market instead of reacting to the market. I don't know. Like you, you know what I'm saying though. Yep. Like next year, you can make a deal early yep. to set it. Instead of reacting, yeah, I mean, you do it early where it's not going to cost you as much as when we get to the deadline, and that's when they they gouge you a little bit, right? Right. Because I mean, if this deal, well, no, I shouldn't say that because this deal is going to be 
crazy no matter what. Which but one? this geekier Savoy. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. would have done it now. You would have done it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. You're still probably giving up seven pieces. It still would have been big. Yeah. But for sure would have been big. But I mean, the Wenatchee played those deals right. They they were fortunate to have Matt Savoy come back to them, Connor Geeky come back to them, not sticking with their pro clubs. Um, you know, health's always a big thing. They played themselves into a spot where they could see playoff games. Like they they've on an organizational standpoint, ten out of ten. Kind of hard to ask for much more than what they've done. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of questions surrounding what the Tigers do. Jesse and I, I'm with you. I don't know that we we see a ton that happens. I I imagine though, and I know that Willie's always got an, a sense for what's happening. Working phones, talking. I'm sure there's teams that are calling about different players off the Tigers. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there's some other teams that are maybe in the Western Conference saying, "Hey, what about so and so? Do you have any guys that that you would move to us?" Right. So. Yep. I'm sure those phone calls are being had. I just don't know if anything ever. To well, that, he's always listening. To that magnitude, I don't think anything gets done. I don't think so either. Lesser deals, maybe, maybe. There might be something down the stretch, maybe, and some depth wise. I don't know. I, I I just I can't see it. Like I said, when we get into the second season and that roster could be a little bit heavier. I mean, you'll probably see the Rock Twins hanging out upstairs. Right. You can use them if you need be. Yeah. You don't have to, mm-hmm. but they're still young. I get that, but. Also, I'm not 100% sure, but I was reading the game notes for this Friday game. Uh, I think that there might be a Liam Ruck sighting tonight in Red Deer. Really? If I read the game notes, because it, it wasn't explicitly said in the game notes for tonight, and I could be way off on this. I, I should probably text Gino and ask him about it. But by the time you hear this, either he will or won't have played, so it's like whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I just was reading the game notes, and... It was mentioning players to watch in Gino's game notes, and Evan May was listed, said first start since December 1st, which would lead me to believe he's starting this evening in Red Deer, and also listed on the players to watch, along with Basha, Weisblatt, McKenna, Van Mulligan, were Tomas Mersick, which makes well, me think Mersick's back in the lineup. Back. That'd be nice. But Liam Ruck was also mentioned. So I don't know if he's playing or not. Or maybe he's a player to watch. But Just if he's not playing, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if he is playing, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. It's a big weekend. I mean, I was hoping the Tigers would take the uh, at least one against Swift or, or like Lethbridge last weekend. Yeah, last weekend. Yeah, but I mean, it's a big game tonight yep. against Red Deer. Yep. Want to want to pick up those, and I, I mean, you want to win every game, obviously, but to keep the momentum going against the central teams and really be that thorn in Red Deer's side, so that if you do end up matching up with them somewhere in the playoffs, that in the back of their minds, they got to say, "Oh man, we got to play the Tigers. Like, are we going to be able to break through against them?" Yeah, right. And uh, we also should say before we get out of here, yeah, uh, because it's been thrown into the universe. We've been talking about it for months, but it has been thrown into the universe by our good friend James Tupp. Yeah, that the Tigers really should be making a uh, an effort, or the City of Medicine Hat making an effort, right. Maybe the Memorial Cup should come here in old twenty twenty six. Yeah, this is uh, a resurfacing of sorts because. And it's not to, to necess- like I don't want it to sound like we're we're burying James's article. It's actually the furthest thing from, but it just no. re sparks because we were having these conversations almost a year ago, like March of twenty twenty three, talking about the potential for the Tigers to host in twenty twenty six. The twenty twenty six would be the next time that a WHL team would host it. That's right. Yep. 
Yep. And there's certain someone on our squad, his draft year would be 2026. Gavin McKenna. There would also be the Rucks. If the Tigers were to sign Schaefer Gordon Carroll. He would also be a part of that. I believe he would be in that as well. I don't know his birthday, though. So maybe not. I might be lying. Oh. But the point stands. But the Rucks would be there. I Gavin think so. McKenna would be there. Yep. I mean, the city has shown that uh, when there's something big, mm-hmm. they'll support it. Right. I think you get other markets, the Swifts, the Lethbridge, even the Calgarys. Yeah, you would get jun- like junior hockey fans travel for the Memorial Cup. Yeah. We have a very nice it. facility that uh, hosted the U-17s once before. Which arguably is a facility that has been built for moments like that. We got a nice hotel right outside. Might need a couple more of those. Might, yeah, but I'm just trying to Might sell that one for yeah, Got a sure. water slide. I don't even know. It's right what, next to a Boston Pizza. A lot of hockey teams called. eat at Boston Pizza. You really want it. We're the home of Windsor Plywood in the city. We have Windsor, Windsor Plywood. Yeah. You go down a little bit further. Yeah. There's a uh, the keg if you want to get fancy. Sure. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. there's a McDonald's A&W Burger King. Yeah, there's a lot of cannabis. <laughs> Not anymore. Well. The cannabis plant's gone. There's a lot of places to buy cannabis. Oh, yeah. In the city. There's not a lot of places that grow it because there's none anymore. Um, but, yeah, like it, it's, it's a conversation we had. And I think you and I, at the tail end of last season, kind of put that dream to rest in our head a little bit. <laughs> it's fun that it's back out in the universe. And for if you haven't seen it, uh, at Reporter Tub yeah. on um, on X with two Bs, Reporter T-U-B-B, um, James did a great article on it, just kind of talking about how the opportunity is right in front of them. Um, I, I added on with my thought that, you know, in talking to fans, it feels like everyone reminisces about the old arena not because of the venue, not because, you know, it, the nostalgia, but because there were big moments that happened in that rink. And every single arena in the world builds its character based off of those big moments. That's when you start to really break in the building. And the Tigers haven't had that moment in what is now Co-op Place. They just haven't had it. Nope. It's not, not to say that they haven't been close. It's not to say there haven't been really good times. But there hasn't been that m- big moment, right? Nope. Or and series of moments. No, there hasn't been. I, I mean... To really give a building its identity. And you can't say Connor Bedard being here and it was a sellout. That one, uh, that's... Right, it, it wasn't was, it was our cool memory. It was cool, but that wasn't our memory. Right. But it wasn't I, a Tigers moment. No. I mean, I look at that, that game that was the tiebreaker game against Edmonton. That one was fun at co-op place. Didn't they lose that? Yeah, I think so. you so. kind of tossed that out. Yeah. I mean, the one against Swift last year, that was a lot of fun. A lot of people there. You yeah. win, you're in. Right. In a season that we weren't supposed to be in. I don't know that a game 68 really is going to define the character of the building. No. but I see, I, what, you're do- I see what you're saying. Though. But I also remember the, the, the conversation of why are we going to build a, a new arena mm-hmm. in Medicine Hat? If you look on the, the priorities there, one or two was uh, to host a Memorial Cup. Right. Right. We wanted a facility that we could host big concerts. And well, we wanted to be able happened, to really. host the Memorial Cup. Yep. And a lot of fans were like, okay, hey, that's pretty good because we knew we couldn't do it with the old arena. Yeah. We love it here. But if we're looking against stuff like the Mem Cup, mm-hmm. okay. The hype is building around the team. Um, it would be one of those things that would benefit, I think, junior hockey on the whole for, for this part of the province, right? I think you could say the same if, if a Lethbridge or, say, a Swift Current were to were to host, if they were able, right? Uh, I think this part of 
of the Western Hockey League getting a chance to host would would do really good things. I think so. Um, maybe jumpstart in a lot of ways that second wave or that resurgence of fans across the league. I mean, you look at attendance numbers, they are what they are, but I think a lot of people have a little bit of a side-eye to what's happening attendance-wise because it's important. You need need to drive gate. I agree. If you can have a spot where you have best-on-best best across the CHL, it provides that chance. I, I mean, we look up the road in Brooks. They hosted what was the NJAC at the time, National Junior A Championship, a few years ago, and that went over insanely well. Mm-hmm. So there's an appetite for it. It's just a matter of, again, there's a, there's a lot of pieces that would have to be in place, I, I'm sure. And I can also say with fairly a fair amount of certainty that it that it's not free. They're not handing out the opportunity to host. It doesn't cost zero dollars and zero cents. There's, there's probably a very, very, very luxurious number that's put on, yeah. on hosting. Yeah. And I, from you know, the team perspective and the city both have to have an appetite to be able to foot that bill. And as we, you and I both know, it doesn't matter what, whatever you do for cost, whatever you budget, it always seems to be more. <laughs> it's always more. It's never under budget. It's always over it's budget. It's never, never under, but it's a, it's a fun conversation nonetheless. It's something that I think you and I have both really wanted to see from, from the team in the city for now going on a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like that it's back out in the universe. I mean, it's, we, it's having conversations. People are liking these posts. Yeah, people are talking about these it. Posts. It's good. It's good. Have a conversation. So, so kudos to to James for for putting that out there. Jimmy T, friend of the podcast. Um, he also did color while I was gone. He did do color. Yeah. Um, when I was in St. Louis in the middle of December. So we got to get him back on the podcast. So look at that. We but, got a lot uh, of stuff to talk to him about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's wrap this up. This is going to be like an hour and a half. But there, That's fine. There's, there's a, a lot, lot. There's a lot going on in the WHL. A lot going on with the Medicine Tigers. Next week, I'm so excited. You, me, and Gino are going to sit down and dissect even more <laughs> trades. Hopefully, they're yeah. coming down the pipe. Yeah, well, And we'll find out if the Tigers did anything or not. We'll know that the at least the, the deadline's passed, so we'll be able to break down <laughs> what exactly happened. I guess, so f- final final thing. Okay. You and I will both go on record. Over under eight and a half trades from Friday at noon till the deadline. Eight and a half trades. I'll go under. Just for fun, I'll say over. Okay. Just for fun. I, I, I kind of lean to under as well. Just because I feel like I've been burned by the NHL's trade deadline yeah, so many times. That's, that that's kind of what I'm going with. <laughs> I do you think, stay up and wait six hours for the first trade to break? I do believe I think that Benson's rights are going to get traded. I don't. Well, that will be a fun one. I don't think it's going to okay. be a, a, a huge trade. I guess it all depends on... I mean, if you make a trade like that, you yep. should be talking to the NHL wondering if that's actually going to happen, right? right? Yeah, yeah. There's got to be at least some certainty, right? I would, I would guess. I but mean, if it's out there, I think there's some there's some team out there that would push to hopefully get Benson for the second okay. season. I like that. I think that happens. I think Everett is going to get rid of some of their first-round picks. I could see okay. that happening. They they make a move. I wouldn't be surprised if Prince George and Medicine Hat just maintain with the team they have right now. Yeah, Prince George added, added or I know, Chase Pauls yeah. from Lethbridge. They, they're doing some stuff. The but you're going to go... Hey, isn't he the goon? On well, he's just Ledbridge? huge. He's a massive, he's a big massive boy. fella. Yeah, Chase Pauls. He's big. Um, so you're gonna go under eight and a half. I'll go. I'll have to. I'll take the over just for fun. Yeah, I'll be on team over. 
Because, um, I mean, those big heavy hitters in the East, I, I got to think are done. I mean, I know Swift says they got another one. I mean, Swift wants to make another deal happen. But I would assume Mooshaw's got to be done. Saskatoon's got to be done. Maybe Regina does get rid of... No, they could get rid of Tanner Howe. That could be a thing. They could they could trade him. Although Maybe Red Deer's a seller. We don't know yet what they're at. Yeah, well, it sounded like Red Deer wasn't a buyer at the very least. I no. believe Ian Gustafson was his name, and apologies if your last name's not Gustafson or first name not Ian, but you know who you are. Um, because I closed out everything on my phone and my internet's not working on my no, phone, we so it's great. Shut this down. Uh, we never did. Yeah, it's great. So, <laughs> but I saw that he had tweeted out in a conversation with uh, General Manager Sutter that just wasn't really thrilled about the prices that were going to have to be paid to acquire. Mm-hmm. So maybe they go the other way and trade. I mean, Jace Weir, Hunter Mayo, two defensemen that teams could be looking at. Um, so I'm going to say that they're going to make some deals. They're going to be a part of the over. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Samuel Honzek gets traded out of Vancouver to bump that number up in the okay. over. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to need Harrison Menigan to get dealt you out of Lethbridge. I don't know, man. I think that we need we need the over to hit. If yeah, I'm over okay. eight and a half, right. I'm going to have to see. Uh, I'm going to have to see a Menigan deal. Uh, I'm going to need the Tigers to to add some more depth somewhere. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna need Brandon to trade Nate Danielson. That still could be a thing. Yeah, You're gonna need to to have some things happen to hit over eight and a half, but it could happen. All it right. could. We'll, well see. We'll see what happens next week. We appreciate you for listening to this podcast. Yeah, it's there's, been long. There's a lot going on in Tigers World, WHL World, and we absolutely love it. We absolutely. love you, and we love Windsor Plywood, hey, the experts you need to know. Hey, Windsor Plywood, they power this bad boy. Until next time. Go Tigers, go! Thanks to all who contributed to this edition of Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. New episodes come out every Friday. Get it at wild945.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. Tigers Uncaged!